You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. E-S-N-Y. <laughs> Alright, what up? Welcome back. Episode 29 of the Wide Right Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Honey of Elite Sports New York and the Elite Sports Radio Network. Lot to get to. Lot to get to in this episode. Got the DeAndre Baker situation, the Alger Grossa situation, Nate Solder opting out of the 2020 season. Training camp is officially starting, I guess, partially. I mean, I don't know if you could really call it. You, I don't know if you, if you can really say it's starting. I mean, the training camp period has technically commenced, but you know these. I don't think we're gonna see like real legitimate practices until like August 16th. I think. I think that's the date because I know for I know this the the teams had two options. You know, obviously it was this started this year amid the pandemic. Teams had two options: either they start. The, the training camp period with 80 guys on the roster, which would make, you know, coronavirus-related protocols easier to follow. Obviously, social distancing is easier with fewer people. Um, or you could go the other route, which is you have a 90-man uh, roster, as, you know, has been the thing in every other year, basically. And you have to cut it down to 80 um, on or before uh, August 16th. And I, the Giants are going with that route. They're keeping 90 guys in the roster to start the uh, training camp period. Um, yeah, it's not as easy to follow the protocols. They'll go with two different groups um, you know, to help them follow those protocols. And 90 guys in the roster, you know, Joe Judge and this mostly new coaching staff, they're going to need to get a good enough look at every single guy they have. You know, from day one when Joe Judge stepped into the building, it was no one is guaranteed a roster spot, no one's guaranteed a depth chart spot. Every man is going to compete for their spot in this team. And every man is going to compete for playing time. And, you know, that's the mentality they're keeping right now. And they need to get a good enough look at all 90 guys that they have employed right now. That's just how it is. You know, but I, I you're not going to get a... a legitimately significant look at a lot of these guys until, you know, team practices begin. And right now, that's August 16th. And who knows if that'll get pushed back? Who knows if that'll get pushed back? If or, or if it won't? You know, we don't. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow or the next day or any day. This whole thing is unpredictable. I mean, there's still... NFL and the Players Association have come together and figured out a bunch of things for training camp. Um, you know, it's nice for the NFL to actually, you know, get something done related to this for once. 
Not for once. I mean, the, the, the draft was good, but every... Listen, since this whole thing started, or since this whole thing became, you know, in March when everything started to get, get canceled, postponed, delayed, things like that, the NFL did a great job with the draft, but everything else, it seemed like they were just kind of waiting and hoping for it to go away. That was the issue. But they've done a good job with the Players Association to get training camp, you know, training camps underway and planned out, but, you know, we still don't know, we, we still don't know anything. We still don't know what's going to happen tomorrow or the next day. As I just said, August 16th, that's not a set in stone date, but nothing is really set in stone right now with this pandemic lingering over our heads. Nothing is. Excuse my French. This whole situation is fucked. That's, that's the issue. This whole situation is fucked up. You know, like it's every day there's new questions that arise that we have to answer and we just don't have answers for. So, but moving on to my first topic of the day, obviously the the DeAndre Baker news. We all know armed robbery, aggravated assault charges stemming from that uh, May 13th cookout in Miramar, Florida. Um, He's facing four counts of each. Um... And, uh, you know, he's recently evidence came to light that can very much be used against him. There was evidence that implied he was involved in a um, in paying off the four alleged victims with Seattle Seahawks cornerback Quentin Dunbar, who was also allegedly part of the incident, um, who's get who is now charged with four counts of armed robbery. And so now there was some. There was a period of time of uncertainty. Is DeAndre going to play? Is he going to? Is he going to jail? Is he, you know what's going on? Now he's on the commissioner's exempt list. What does that mean? So he's not on the Giants' ninety-man roster, but he will still be paid, and he must stay away from the team until he learns his fate. Until he learns his fate in regards to this case. You know he's still got to he's stay, he got to stay away from the team and, and until he's cleared of the charges or you know prosecuted I guess. And the the players association is appealing this, and they have a good argument. I'm not gonna lie, it's a solid argument. I know appeals don't work a lot. It doesn't seem it doesn't seem like they do. So when I saw the appeal, I was like, oh, I mean, they, you know, they they they're going to appeal it just because they can, but it doesn't mean it's going to work out. But the Players associate, they have a good argument. And it's basically saying, you know, he hasn't been, like, prosecuted or anything. So basically, he's still just charged, you know, and accused of what he did. Or what he, you know, allegedly did. So basically, they're saying by putting Baker on the exempt list, just because he's been accused of these acts, you can then basically put anyone on the exempt list if they've been accused of something. His lawyer brought up a great point, Patrick Patel. He said, you know, if he brought up, I think he brought up, you know, betting, um, you know, sports betting. It's like, you know, if you if you bet, he didn't say these he didn't say these exact words, but if you bet on one team, and then can you just accuse? If you bet on one team to win, can you just accuse like the starting corner, the starting quarterback of the opposing team of something and? It becomes this big thing and they get put on the exempt list. That's what their argument is. 
That's they're saying, oh, you could just be accused of anyone of anything. They get put on the exempt list and, you know, maybe sports gamblers can use that to their advantage. That's based, that's that's the main argument, I think. At least from what I'm getting. You know, and it's not a it's not a bad argument at all. And they're right. He hasn't been prosecuted for anything. You know, there's still a chance maybe this is a money grab. You know, I, despite the fact that there were, you know, you know what the evidence said or what Baker's lawyers have said or what anyone, there's still a chance this could just be, you know, this, these alleged victims are just trying to grab money from him. We still don't know. Could go either way. But what we do, what we do know right now is that he has not been prosecuted. He's just been charged. So, I guess you know, putting him on the exempt list because of that, I, 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 I think the P, the player association has a great argument, and I think it could work. Now we'll find out soon enough if it will the appeal, if the appeal will work or not. But I, I, I think, I think there's at least a chance. There's sometimes when like an, an appeal occurs, and you're like, yeah, no shot. This, I think there may be a chance. They do have some sort of argument. So. And even if he doesn't, the thing I want to add, the thing I want to preface is that it's it's interesting to think about who would replace him too if he wasn't available. Now, obviously, James Bradbury, barring injury, is going to be at that other cornerback spot. Um, Giants just signed him to a three-year, what, $45 million deal back in March. He's going to be the starting cornerback, the, the the number one cornerback on this team. There's no doubt about that. And then for that other spot, if Baker isn't playing, I think you got to go with Julian Love. He's versatile. He's athletic. He's intelligent. I've said it before. He can pick up. A, he can pick up a new position quickly. And that's it's, this, this isn't a new position for him, but it's you know it's not what he played last year. He was drafted as a corner, and in, in his first year, he was fielded as a strong safety. Um, obviously, in the five-game absence of, of Jabril Peppers to close out the year, you know Jabril Peppers got hurt in that Week 12 game against Chicago, out for the final five games of the year. Love stepped up big, played alongside Antoine Bethea, who was gone. Um, I mean, he, it was basically before the season ended, we knew Bethea was going to be gone, and then. Love actually had a chance to compete for the starting free safety job, but I think he still will. But I think, you know, he was slated to be the starting free safety alongside Peppers uh, until McKinney, the Giants drafted Xavier McKinney. But I think you got to put Love in that spot, that starting corner spot. Um, just from what I said, athletic, intelligent. Um, he showed a lot of promise last year. I think if you just give him a concrete role in this defense. Uh, he'll be able to pick it up quickly and do it successfully. That w- that's who I would pick if I was the co- if I was if I was Patrick Graham right now. If I was the defensive coordinator, I would I would um I would push for Love to be this starting cornerback if Baker is not available. If this appeal doesn't work and he isn't you know playing in the regular season or anything like that, I would push for Julian Love. Now, Sam Beal will also compete. Um, as well as Corey Ballantine, second-year player out of Washburn. Um, but you have to admit, the, Ballantine was inconsistent last year from the slot. And yeah, he could improve in Season 2, but 
I think it's just a stretch to throw him into that spot right now. You know, he wasn't he wasn't horrible, but he was just inconsistent as a slot corner last year. And I think that's a huge jump, and that's such a significant ask of him to make that jump from, you know, a... Not even in every game slot corner. He split time sort of with Grant Haley from, you know, as the year progressed. To go from that to the starting, you know, corner on the outside, you know, in the split end. It's, uh, it, that's a, that's a, that's a big ask. And I don't, I just don't think he'll, he'd be able to do that, at least not right away. And, you know, and Beal will compete as well, as I, as I just said, but Beal's got to worry about staying on the field, man. I mean, he's played, what, six games out of a possible 32? We haven't seen much of this guy at all, really. Besides, you know, he started a couple games last year after, you know, Janoris Jenkins, the whole Janoris Jenkins situation um, and his release from the team. But other than that, we haven't really seen much of Sam Beal at all. We don't have a tremendous sample size of the of Sam Beal, of the 2018 supplemental draft pick. You know, so we'd, we still don't have a great idea in mind of what we can get, of what this team can get out of Sam Beal. And the injuries have hindered his development in the NFL thus far. They have. I mean, so this that 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 in and of itself would make it a tough task for him to win that job. But ultimately, I think it goes to Julian Love. I would I would pick Julian Love 100% for that spot. But of course, if Baker is not playing, that's the big thing. If Baker is not available. If Baker is available, Baker is going to start. And they're hoping he's going to develop from last year because last year was not a great showing on the field. So, but hopefully everything sort of works out in those regards. And then the other big story this week, the whole Aldrich Rosas situation. You know, in in June, Aldrich Rosas had the hit and run. Um, You know, it was, was, what, he was speeding 8.25 a.m., in Chico, California, hit the truck in the intersection, tried to drive off, continued on foot. Uh, officers found him all bloodied up near the crash site. Later on, brought him to uh, for an evaluation, medical evaluation, and then booked him into the jail and you know whole thing. Then he got the three misdemeanor charges related to the incident. You know, hit and run, reckless driving on a highway, and then also driving with a suspended license, which stems from a 2016 DUI. And so the Giants have decided to cut him. You know, it's just, you know, this is kind of, he was only on a one-year deal, one-year uh, tender, and uh, the Giants just parted ways. I mean, it's a lot easier to get rid of, you know, someone like Rosas than it is to get to get rid of someone like Baker. You know, Rosas, even if this situation didn't even occur, Rosas was still, you know, wasn't on, I guess, the best terms with the organization anyway. He wasn't that great last year. And, you know, with kickers, it's, you know, one bad year could cost you your job. You know, quarterbacks have a little bit more leverage and, you know, edge rushers and, you know, offensive linemen, they all have more. But a, a kicker, a cheap, you know, a a not as highly paid position like that, you know, one bad year, you could be gone. And Rosas could have been on, you know, we're, you know, not so great terms with the organization this year anyway. They could have brought someone in to compete with him anyway. So I, th- 
I, I my guess is the Giants. It took the Giants, you know, this amount of time to make this decision. Not because they're. I think from what I believe, I think they just wanted to weigh all of their options, and I think the option they got to that was that made the most sense was to get rid of him. You know, it's a lot. As I said, it's a lot easier to get rid of him, a kicker, than it is to get rid of someone like Baker, who, you know, you don't know if this is a money grab. You and you gave up three draft picks to draft him last year in the first round. It's tough to give up a player like that a year later. You gotta, you gotta wait and see. It's a wait and see type of situation. You gotta wait, be patient. Um, you know, let the court decide what is gonna happen what's going to occur, and then you sort of make your decision from there. Um, and, you know, if he goes to jail, then it's that, that that decision is basically already made. But, but yeah, so Rosas, was, Rosas is no longer a giant after three years. Um, had that one good year in 2018, Pro Bowl year, uh, second AP, second team, all pro uh, that year. And so... The Giants have thus brought in Chandler Cadenzaro, former Jet, actually retired last year. Uh, will he be good? I don't know. Who knows? These kickers could be so unpredictable. Rosas certainly was. Wasn't great his first or third year with the Giants. You know, He wasn't great in 2017 or 2019. 2018, he was fantastic. It's You never know. You know, last year, you know, Vinatieri was good for years and years and years, and then last year it was like he he hit a wall. You know, it's maybe that's not the best example because that's there. Th- those are two very different kickers. One is a storied career and a you know Super Bowl champ, multi multi multiple time Super Bowl champ and one went to one Pro Bowl. Maybe that's not a great comparison. But basically what I'm saying is these kickers are so unpredictable. You don't know. You know, you don't know if a guy like Cannon Zero is going to be, you know, good or not and you don't. And he may need, he may need not, it may not even be set in stone for him to have the job. Maybe the Giants will bring in another guy to compete as well. So that's definitely a possibility. It's not an unheard of scenario. I mean, a kicker competition in camp. I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet against it. So it's it's still certainly a possibility. But I think you know, going back, circling back on what happened. I think you know the Giants definitely weighed all their options. They needed to, you know, come, they needed to get down to a decision that was going to benefit the team in the best possible way. And I think, um, you know, I, I think getting rid of Rosas, if that was the correct move for them then good for them on making the correct move. You know, I'm not going to say anything about Dave Gettleman here, okay? And I and although I'm not listen, I never blamed Dave Gettleman for any of this. You know, I, I may it may have seemed like I did. I was just saying he always looked bad because of it. Um with both the Baker and the Rosa situations, but I I, I, I you know, I'm not going to say anything about that. It's just correct move by the Giants. If the if if getting rid of Rosas was going to benefit the team the most, then good for the Giants for making the right move. And then finally, we have the uh, probably the biggest news of the week, arguably. Nate Solder opting out of the 2020 NFL season amid the COVID-19 pandemic. Listen, I know Giants fans 
haven't loved what he's done on the field over the last two years. And I, I understand he's arguably been the main issue with this below-average offensive line. But health comes first. 100%. Health comes first. He's a cancer survivor. His son is a current cancer patient. If you're tweeting at him saying, good, we didn't want you to play anyway, shut up. Shut up now. Stop talking. Stop. There are some things that are bigger than sports, and this is it. This is one of those things. He do, If he doesn't want to play because he doesn't want to put his family's health on the line, then let him opt out 100%. I don't care if you haven't been a fan of his on-field play the last two years. I haven't been a fan of his on-field play the last two years. I'll be the first person to admit that. However, this is an absolutely respected move. He's thinking about his kids. He's thinking about his whole family. And then we have people on Twitter tweeting at him, Good, we didn't want you to play anyway. Shut up. If he's thinking about his family over football, good. You should think about your family over football. I respect anybody opting out this year. Anybody. Because are we going to even have a season? I still don't think so. I still don't think it's going to... If we do have one, it's going to be... I don't think it's going to be a 16-game season, you know, happening as it's currently scheduled. You know these play, if these players could be putting their health on the line by playing this year. You know we saw. I don't know if we're jumping here, but we saw. You know the MLB. In two days, there was an with the Miami Marlins. In two days, there was an outbreak. Baseball played two days, and there was an outbreak. I wonder what's going to happen with the sport where. Guys are tackling each other and bleeding and sweating on each other and in the huddle breathing on each other and in the, you know, the fumble piles breathing on each other. It's. In baseball, there was an outbreak. And what's going to happen with the sport when they're doing all of that? What's going to happen? We've seen that. You know, the bubble system is working with the NBA. You know, the MLB, it doesn't seem like it's going to work with them traveling around everywhere. Because there was an outbreak in two days. And the and the NFL is going to be the same way. They're traveling around everywhere. And there may be an outbreak early on. There's already There already kind of is. There's five Bills players tested positive, I think. I think I saw the... I don't know what the number currently is as I sit right here recording this on a Friday night. But I'm pretty sure... The number as of yesterday of players who were on the reserve slash COVID-19 list, which means they either tested positive or came into contact with someone who tested positive. I believe 66 players are on the list already. And teams have barely done anything. I don't care if 66 is a low percentage of the amount of players in the NFL. It should be 0% of the players in the NFL being on 
the list. Why do you think the NBA is succeeding at this right now? Because zero players are testing positive. And in the NFL, there's already 66 on this list. Not 66 that have tested positive, per se, but 66 that have either tested positive or come into contact with someone that did test positive. And in the baseball, there's the Marlins outbreak that, you know, Rob Manfred surely doesn't care about. This, this NFL season is, you know, it's a shit show. All right, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a shit show. If you want to take care of your health before anything and take care of your family before anything, I 100% respect that you do that. You have to respect Nate Solder's decision. 100%. Family first, health first. And an interesting topic within it is now... It seems like Andrew Thomas is going to play left tackle. I mean, that's that's what I think. I think they're going to throw Thomas in a left tackle. Which scares me a little bit. Because, you know, he's not... He's not Eric Flowers. Okay? Eric Flowers is bad. He's not Eric Flowers. I'm excited about Andrew Thomas. I think he was arguably the most NFL-ready tackle in this draft class. A class that was full of them. You know, Mackie Becton of the fellow New York Jets and Tristan Wirfs and Jedrick Wills. We know the names. But one of the things that was... But he's... Thomas isn't Eric Flowers. But one of the things that was tough for Eric Flowers was he was thrown into the left tackle position. You know, probably the second most important offensive position there is as a rookie. And that hindered his development because he couldn't take it slow and, uh, you know, sort of, you know, work his way up into, you know, gaining that responsibility, gaining the responsibility of that position. You know, he was just, he was just thrown in there. Left tackle. Go ahead. Play. You know, first year. I, I it's doesn't matter how early or late it is, I, I don't I don't love rookies playing the left tackle position. Or if the quarterback's a lefty than the right I don't like the I don't like a rookie tackle playing the blind side position. Whether it's early or late or in the year. Whatever it is. So now that's why this scares me, because Andrew Thomas may play the left tackle position. As a rookie, after an offseason that didn't in, that didn't include you know rookie camp and mini cam, the you know the normal in person rookie camp and mini camp and OTAs and you know it's it, that's that's that sort of scares me. And then who plays right tackle? You know, some people are saying possibly Matt Parrot. I wouldn't set. I wouldn't write Matt Parrot's name in stone just yet. I think we gotta we gotta hold the horses on that one. He's a developmental tackle. He's someone who's going to be hopefully become a starter down the road. I don't think the Giants are going to want to start two rookie tackles right away. Um, I think, if anything, it could be Nick Gates, who has experience on the exterior of the offensive line. I think it would be it could be Cam Fleming, veteran tackle they brought in brought in via free agency, who's a former Patriot and a former Cowboy, started Super Bowl. 52 with the Patriots, with Joe Judge on the sidelines. Then he went to go play over in Dallas for two years with Jason Garrett 
and Mark Colombo as his head coach and offensive line coach, now the offensive coordinator and offensive line coach, respectively, for the Giants. So there's familiarity that he he has familiar <clears throat> excuse me he has familiarity with the or, with the coaching staff. So I think he's an option, but I wouldn't throw I wouldn't throw. Some people are saying maybe Matt Parrott. I I wouldn't throw Matt Parrott in there right away. I just wouldn't. And I think Matt Parrott's going to be good. I think that was a steal. You know, even though I didn't, I didn't agree with the pick at first. I really wanted the Giants to go with center. That's in one of those earlier rounds, second or third. Um, Matt Parrott's a solid player, but I don't think he can. Re- I don't think it's especially in an, after an off season, like I just said, with no normal in-person rookie camp or mini camp or OTAs, and you know, I, I just don't think the Giants are going to want to throw him in there at that right tackle position right away and have two rookie tackles starting. Uh, at the same time, so it's um, that's a tough situation. But I, I think I think Parrot will compete. But I think ultimately it'll be Gates or Fleming or maybe a veteran they bring in. Um, but I, I, it's Thomas at left tackle sort of scares me right now. I have confidence in him, but that's a tough job. That's definitely a tough job. You know, he's you know it's the Giants drafted him to be the left tackle for the future, not for the present. So it's that's um I've I, but it's that scares me a little but you know I for one hope it tremendously works out obviously uh, obviously you know I hope it all works out for Thomas I'm excited to see Thomas play I really am but you know it doesn't matter if it was if it's if it's Thomas or the Giant it doesn't matter which offensive tackle they drafted whether it was Thomas or Becton or any of the other guys it doesn't matter who it is. A rookie playing left tackle, that's that doesn't sit right with me. But that's just that could just be me. But anyway, thank you so much for tuning into this episode, episode 29 of the Wide Right Podcast. Um, hopefully we'll have more episodes in the near future with training camp now. Uh, you know, slowly but surely getting underway uh, at the Quest Diagnostics Training Center in East Rutherford. Um you know, hopefully things improve in regards to the league's handling of the pandemic. But we, you know, we don't know for sure what will happen every every day. we Every day goes by, we don't know what's going to happen. Um, but thank you so much for tuning in. Again, my name is Ryan Honey of Elite Sports New York and the Elite Sports Radio Network. Follow me on Twitter, at Ryan Honey, E-S-N-Y. That's at Ryan Honey, E-S-N-Y. I'm out of here. Thank you.